I'm Daniel, and you're listening to Time in the Word on Faith FM. Today I'm here with Dean, and we are at the Seventh-day Adventist Big Camp in Devonport, Tasmania. How are you going today, Dean? I'm doing pretty well. That's great. I'm really looking forward to studying God's Word with you. And uh, I know that we're going to be studying Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 12, which is known as the Beatitudes. So would you like to say a little prayer for us as we start? Yeah, yeah sure. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to, to delve into your word, to learn more about you and your love for us. I just pray that your Holy Spirit draw us close to you now and um, help us to learn something a little bit more about your character, that we can uh, help share your word and inspire us to share more about you with others in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, man. Let's dive straight into it. Matthew chapter 5. How would you like to read verse 3 for us there today? I'm just reading from the KJV, the King James. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Short and sweet there. Poor in spirit. What do you think that means to be poor in spirit? I think you'd have to admit that you were poor in spirit to actually get anything from this verse. To be humble, I suppose. Those who know their spiritual condition. So he's offering the kingdom of heaven to those who are willing to be humble enough to recognize their spiritual condition. Yeah, totally. And I guess the opposite of that would be to be rich in spirit, you know, to be spiritually rich. And Revelation 3 in the letter to the later sands, you know, Jesus says, you think that you're rich, but in actual fact, you're poor and blind and naked. And Christians, you know, we're going to church and we learn a lot about the Bible and we feel like we've got it all together. But Jesus said, it's when you think you've got it all together, that's when you know that you've got some problems. So recognizing that we really, really desperately need him, that we have a thirst for his love and a thirst for his healing and to know that we're broken. Yeah, that's the step, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll read the next one, Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it says, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Have you ever had a deep time of mourning in your life, Dean? Not deep mourning, but uh, definitely experienced loss and heartache. Not to the point where you'd say someone like Job definitely experienced loss and I think in those times it's a testing time where you have to rely on your faith and that that relationship you have with God what's it made of is it on firm foundation is it going to help carry you through this hard time and that's um I think that's where it's coming from yeah for sure and I love the thing that God actually promises to to comfort us here and one of the words actually for the Holy Spirit that Jesus uses is the comforter And, uh, you know, God actually does want to comfort us in our in our hardships and our sorrows. He promises to be with us and to give us that comfort. One of the things that I'm blessed to be called to do every now and again as a pastor is to go and sit with people as they're in hospital and so forth. And usually when I'm driving to the hospital, I'm wondering and praying, Lord, what have I got to say? I've got nothing to say to somebody going through this sort of thing. And just reading from the Bible and seeing the comfort that comes from God's Word, not mine. And uh, I remember one time there was a family that was going through some really horrible stuff and it seemed like just one thing after another. And I remember I was sitting in hospital with them. You know, someone had just died, another person was sick. And I was praying, Lord, just give them a break. When can they get a break? You know, when are you just going to step in and show them you care because they really need to see you care? When are you going to show them you care? And then straight away I got this impression, very, very strong impression. I have, I sent them you. And, you know, I realized, you know, God's got so many ways and means and sometimes using us to comfort and love one another, you know. It's awesome. Do you want to read the next verse for us, buddy? Verse 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It seems a little bit of a reversal, doesn't it, of, I guess, what the world understands of authority and power. 
Yeah, so I guess our main goal here is not to be great in the world's eyes, but to seek to be a servant, to be like Christ, to be open to his leading wherever it may be. May it be working in a shelter or doing a local service or volunteering for something or just being available at church, something small you may think is insignificant, but God can use it. For sure, and there's so much like that in the Scripture. You know, in James it says, Humble yourself before the Lord and He will lift you up. And uh, we find out about Jesus that He didn't find equality with God, something to be grasped, but He humbled Himself and made Himself a servant and Mm. and made Himself obedient even to the cross. I think that's in Philippians. Just so much there that we're to have that humility. I guess as human beings, we want to lift ourselves up. We want to be acknowledged for the work we've done or the position we hold or the family we're from or whatever, but that's not what God's kingdom's about. Being in Jesus is about going lower down, more of a servant, more there to serve others and be there for other people. And it actually says there that those are the sort of people that are actually going to end up ruling the world, you know, in God's great kingdom at the end. Yeah. Hey, let's read on, shall we? I'll read verse 6. It says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Have you ever had to go without food and water? To my shame. I've never done the 40-hour famine and with a food fast. I've done other things. I've probably gone a good day, maybe without a meal. But um, yeah, never really hungered properly. <laughs> well, I've done the 40-hour famine Uh, What's funny about that is it's just long enough, really, so that your body gets over those initial pains. You don't truly experience hunger, not after 40 hours. No, I've never gone a significant period of time without food or water either. And Mm. I guess, in a sense, I don't really know what it means to really hunger and thirst. But I hope I understand what it is to hunger and thirst for God's righteousness. Mm. You know, to really need God, to recognize our need for Him. I think it was Augustine that wrote, You have created us for yourself and the restless heart will wander until it finds rest in you. Mm. And uh, there was actually a, a pop group called Plum that wrote a song called God Shaped Hole that was based on that saying by Augustine. And it said, there's a God shaped hole in all of us and a desperate soul is searching. There's a God shaped hole in all of us and it's a void that only he can fill. Definitely. Uh, I agree with that. It's certainly something that quenches your hunger when, you, when you're serving God. Something that nothing else can fill. Everything else the world offers is very fleeting. And I think that the verse is very deep. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to speed us up a bit because, you know, all of this stuff is so cool, but our time is getting away from us. So I might read down to the end of the Beatitudes and then I'll get you to read from verse 11 to 12. So verse 7 says, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And can you read 11 and 12 for us, please? Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. The thing that I really get about this passage as I go through it, it just seems to be a total inversion of anything that we consider to be normal in, I guess, a human understanding of the world. You're blessed if you're persecuted. You're blessed if you mourn. You're blessed if you're meek. You're blessed if you're humble. Like I go out in the world and it's the people that push other people down that seem to be blessed. It's Mm. the people that have it all together and have all the money that are supposed to be blessed. But Jesus is actually saying that that's 
not really how things are. I guess it's a bit of a trap that we fall into too, to try and emulate the world for success or for happiness. When Jesus actually tells us, it's, it's completely the opposite. It brings me back to the Garden of Eden where Satan was always questioning God, wanting to make it out to have seen that he was not giving you everything. There was something else that he was holding back from you. But God's intention was always to have you um, experience him in the fullest and to make you feel whole. So Satan's always trying to make you feel like you're left out and you're lacking. So the whole world is all pushing for what can I get? It's all about me. Very selfish. Mm. Yeah, and as you were speaking there, it reminded me of Solomon's testimony, which you can read about in the book of Ecclesiastes, and it's got to say one of my favorite stories. But he says, first of all, you know, Solomon started out, he was serving God, but he seemed to uh, have a bit of a slip where he thought, well, the world says that if you're rich and you've got lots of girls and if you're very smart and you've got lots of land and all of that, then you'll really have made it. So he seems to turn his back on God and he goes out, and he gets heaps of girlfriends and wives. He amasses heaps of wealth. He studies and gets heaps of degrees. He goes and gets drunk every night and gets on it and has wild parties. And in the end, he says, it's like nothing. It's like chasing the wind. He says, vanity of vanities. It's not worth anything. It's just you get it and then you die and then it's over. And after that whole experience, he comes all the way back around to the beginning. And he says, you really want to know the real meaning of life? Fear God and keep his commandments because that's the whole duty of man because God's going to bring every deed into judgment, including every secret thing. And so Solomon's sort of been on that journey and Jesus takes all of that wisdom and he gives it to us here and he says, it's me. You know, you've got to look to me and my priorities if you really want to find that fulfillment. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Solomon's writings are also one of my favorites. Well, we've come to the end of our time now, Dean, and uh, I just want to thank you so much for hanging out with me. And, uh, yeah, as we've studied the Word together, I'm just wondering if you'd say a bit of a prayer for us. Yeah, sure. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the Word. Thank you for the testimony of Jesus and for the Sermon on the Mount. Thank you for the deep and spiritual truths that are hidden between the lines. And thank you so much for the Holy Spirit who helps us to unpack, digest, open our eyes and unstop our ears that we may be able to learn more about you and gain a deeper relationship with you. Thank you, dear Lord, for the time here spent, and we just pray that whoever hears this may also question and want to know more about this Jesus who loves us so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to Daniel and Dean, and this has been Time in the Word on Faith FM. Faith FM.